Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Breaking news tonight. A dangerous hurricane delta batters the Gulf Coast with devastating winds and life-threatening storm surge. Delta lashes Louisiana in what officials call the worst-case scenario. Piles of debris from the last storm could turn into flying shrapnel, with a law enforcement veteran saying this storm makes him nervous. Rally at the White House? The president plans his first public event since getting coronavirus, returning to the balcony where aides say he'll address a crowd on the South Lawn. The president not fully recovered, and today he claims he could have died. Why tonight the president undergoes an on-air medical evaluation. 2020, America decides a record-breaking 8 million votes have already been cast for president. And tonight, Joe Biden on the campaign trail, making a push for the Latino vote in Las Vegas. New FBI warning the serious concerns about an anti-government group called Boogaloo. Was the alleged plot to kidnap Michigan's governor just the tip of the iceberg? Plus how law enforcement kept Gretchen Whitmer safe. New York's second wave, hospitalizations are on the rise, with New Jersey seeing the rate of infection almost double since Labor Day. Could the Big Apple soon face another lockdown? Urgent recall why a drug company just took a widely used diabetes drug off the shelves over cancer concerns. And CBS's Steve Hartman steps up to the plate with the story of how a mysterious note brought together strangers who share a love of baseball and family. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin with that breaking news. Hurricane Delta is slamming into the Louisiana Gulf Coast tonight, creating what the National Hurricane Center calls a life-threatening situation. The monster storm is roughly the size of the state it's hitting, bringing with it drenching rain, powerful winds, and more devastation to an area that has already endured so much this year. As we come on the air, more than 11 million Americans are in Delta's path, and there are mandatory evacuation orders across Louisiana. There's also a real fear tonight that a surge of seawater from Delta could flood communities several miles inland and that the storm's pounding winds could turn debris left over from Hurricane Laura into deadly projectiles. In fact, Delta is following almost the same path that Laura did six weeks ago, taking dead aim at homes and businesses that have yet to be repaired and lives that have yet to be rebuilt. And it all comes as the president has just announced he's going to be holding a public event at the White House tomorrow. That is just a little over a week after being diagnosed with coronavirus. So lots of news to get up to date on. And we've got our team of correspondents standing by to cover it all. CBS's David Begno is going to lead us off tonight from Jennings, Louisiana. Good evening, David. Good evening. This is it, Nora. Delta is bearing down on the Louisiana Gulf Coast. And from where we stand in Jennings, we are in the bullseye path of this storm. It's expected that the eye will pass over the Jennings area and we will get that eerie quietness and then get whipped by that southern side. Listen, within the last 10 minutes, we got a gust of up to 90 miles per hour here, and that triggered the chief of police to say, let's begin the process of pulling the officers off the streets. Jennings is under a mandatory evacuation. The chief says most people have left, but those who have stayed, the chief has asked them to call 911 and leave their names and addresses so his officers can go and check on them tomorrow. Delta Nora is the 10th named storm to hit the U.S. this season, and that is a record. All right, David Begno, thank you. Let's turn in now to CBS's Maria Villarreal. She is 35 miles west of Jennings in the city of Lake Charles, Louisiana. Maria? Nora, we're about 10 miles north of the Gulf of Mexico on the banks of the Calicozoo River. I want to show you exactly what we are going through. The rain is piercing my skin. The wind gusts right now, they are relentless, hitting about 70 miles per hour. 95% of the structures in this area already has some major damage, and the mayor has told me that if this hurricane doesn't take them down, the city will have to come in, step in to take care of this for them. There are families that have decided not to evacuate. Their biggest concern right now is all of the debris piles that were left over by Hurricane Laura. They are worried that those debris piles will turn into some sort of projectile. In Hurricane Laura, we saw nearly 30 people lose their lives. And if that wasn't bad enough, there is a flash flood warning in effect now. Basically, that means if people haven't gotten out of this area, they should not be on the roads. They should not be driving because this is now a very dangerous and potentially life-threatening situation. Nora. All right, Maria, thank you. Let's bring in CBS's Lonnie Quinn now. So, Lonnie, what is the forecast? Lonnie Quinn is joining us now with the forecast. Lonnie. Okay, guys, well, here is the deal, Nora. As we speak, the eyewall is on shore around Cameron Parish in Louisiana. If you take a look at the current stats, it's gotten a little weaker. 
okay? It's now a low-grade Category 2. The winds are blowing at 100 miles per hour. Landfall is imminent because, remember, landfall is not recorded until the center of the eye, the quiet portion of the storm, actually crosses uh, the shoreline. And it's moved to the north-northeast at 14 miles per hour, so the landfall is imminent. If you zoom in tight on the storm itself, you're going to find that the hurricane-force winds are not just affecting Cameron Parish. They extend for 70 miles. All right, and if you look at where the storm is going to be moving, by Saturday at 1 o'clock in the morning, it's a tropical storm, so it will be downgraded as it moves further inland. And by 1 a.m. on Saturday, it's around Alexandria. But take a look at the shoreline. The shoreline is still experiencing that onshore push of storm surge. We're talking 10 miles inland could be dealing with the worst of it by early Saturday morning. And then by Saturday at around 10 o'clock in the morning, heavy rain for Memphis and then Little Rock, Louisiana. And if you're wondering just how unusual this is, this is the strongest storm in the last 150 years to hit this far west in the Gulf of Mexico. So that is the latest, Nora. Let's go back to you. All right, Lonnie, thank you. The election is 25 days away, and tonight President Trump remains in the White House, forced off the campaign trail by COVID, even as he falls in the polls. But if he can't go to a rally, the president now plans to bring the rally to him, inviting guests to the White House for his first in-person event since testing positive. Here's CBS's Ben Tracy. President Trump is now planning to speak from the balcony of the White House tomorrow to hundreds of his supporters. Judge Amy Coney Barrett. Two weeks to the day after the Rose Garden announcement of his Supreme Court nominee led to several people getting the virus, possibly including the president himself. Dr. Anthony Fauci now calls it a super spreader. We had a super spreader event in the White House, and it was in a situation where people were crowded together and were not wearing masks. So the data speak for themselves. That's a big group of people. The Minnesota Health Department now confirms that nine people who attended the president's rally in Bemidji last month were infected with the virus, two of them hospitalized. And now President Trump admits that he was so sick last week that he thought he might not make it, despite the White House claiming he only had mild symptoms. This looks like it was going to be a big deal. and. And you know what that means, right? That means bad. The president will try to prove he's over the virus tonight on TV, undergoing a so-called remote medical evaluation by Dr. Mark Siegel, a Fox News medical contributor. You're almost like my guide to this because, frankly, uh, you really have a good take on it. Siegel, like the president, compares coronavirus to the flu and claims erroneously that there's no science behind mask mandates. I feel great. I feel like perfect. President Trump is expected to be cleared by his doctor, Sean Conley, as soon as tomorrow. But the White House has not said if the president has tested negative for the virus, a sign he would no longer be contagious. During an interview Thursday night, the president still seemed to be struggling. Oh, and I think the first debate, <clears throat> they... Yeah, Excuse I'm... me, but I will say this, absentee is okay. <clears throat> because absentee ballots... <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, for the event here tomorrow, everyone is required to bring and wear their own mask. The city of Washington, D.C. currently has a ban on mass gatherings of more than 50 people, but the White House is getting around that because the White House sits on federal land and the city's rules don't apply. Nora. All right, Ben Tracy, thank you. CBS News has learned the next presidential debate.
has officially been canceled. A source says the bipartisan commission that sponsors it won't move forward after President Trump refused to participate in that town hall. Meantime, tonight, Joe Biden is in Nevada. Our CBS News battleground tracker poll shows him up by seven points there. But Democrats are worried he's still not doing well enough with Latino voters in the Silver State. We get more now from CBS's Ed O'Keefe. Campaigning in Las Vegas today, Joe Biden had a little help rounding up votes. I got a couple people I'd like you to lasso. You ready to move? <laughs> With 25 days to go until Election Day and President Trump grounded by the coronavirus, Biden called on Nevadans to vote early. The early voting right here, right at this spot. So come back next weekend, bring your family, and bring five friends. I really mean it. Bring other people with you. Trends so far show nearly 8 million Americans have already voted. That's more than in 2016 at this time. And so far, Democrats have returned more ballots than Republicans. The president has consistently called mail-in voting fraudulent, despite there being little evidence, and he did so again today. Every day you see scandal about these millions of ballots that's being sent out. It's the single biggest risk in this election. He's trying to scare us. He's trying to continue, convince everybody there's ways they can play with the vote and, and, and undermine the vote. They can't. If we show up, we win. Despite Biden's lead in Nevada, he still needs to boost his support among Latinos, who account for 30 percent of the state's population. You can determine the outcome of this election. But some of Nevada's Latino leaders say Biden's outreach should have started sooner. There should have been a little bit more of a push earlier on. Meanwhile, President Trump is also planning to get back out on the campaign trail with plans in place for a rally Monday outside Orlando. Aides tell CBS News planning is all over the place as they try to accommodate a president diagnosed with COVID-19. But with just 25 days to go, the Trump campaign has little time to spare. Nora. Ed O'Keefe, thank you. Tonight, Michigan's attorney general says that shocking plot to kidnap and possibly kill Governor Gretchen Whitmer is not the only case of domestic terrorism being investigated. More arrests are expected in similar cases. More than a dozen suspects are now in custody, and tonight we're learning about the extraordinary measures taken to keep Governor Whitmer safe. Here's CBS's Jeff Pegues. With the suspects behind bars, new details are emerging about how much of a threat the group some of them seen at armed protests in the state capitol posed to governor gretchen whitmer at times she and her family had been moved around uh, as a result of activities that um, you know law enforcement was aware of today news of another arrest in south carolina paul edward bellar charged with providing material support for terrorist acts in michigan the price of freedom is eternal vigilance one of the in this video one of the other suspects brandon caserta is wearing a hawaiian shirt similar to what the so-called boogaloo boy adherents wear cbs news obtained this fbi bulletin that went out last week warning that anti-government extremists are potentially focused on sparking violence in the next three months up to the January 2021 inauguration, and that presidential elections could be a flashpoint. Move, move, move. Groups that track militia movements estimate that there are about 200 across the country. So I think this plot to kidnap Governor Whitmer is an example of these armed cells, these radicalized groups, increasingly looking at unfolding plans to attack and topple state governments, not just the federal government. 
And according to the Department of Homeland Security's threat assessment, those groups often target law enforcement. And in the Michigan case, it was that kind of chatter that got the FBI's attention. And five of the defendants arrested in that case yesterday are going to be in a courtroom on Tuesday facing federal charges. Nora. Some incredible work by the FBI. Jeff Begays, thank you. Tonight, the number of daily coronavirus infections is headed in the wrong direction. The virus has now killed more than 213,000 Americans. Cases top 7.6 million. And new cases are increasing in 31 states, including several in the Northeast, where they are seeing early signs of a second wave. Here's CBS's Meg Oliver. The shutdown is back in parts of New York. We came to the Northeast because we did see troubling signs. The White House task force's Dr. Deborah Burks urging people to remain cautious. Over the last two days, New York and New Jersey have recorded their highest number of cases since May. New York City is close to hitting a threshold that would trigger citywide restrictions. A lockdown of schools, non-essential businesses, and houses of worship now in effect in several neighborhoods, sparking protests and lawsuits. In New Jersey, the rate of infection has almost doubled since Labor Day. We did expect to see an increase starting in the fall, not necessarily this early. Dr. Sharif Ellenhall at University Hospital in Newark is stockpiling 90 days worth of PPE and securing more labs for COVID testing. Will you have enough backup frontline workers? Staffing is one of our biggest concerns, Meg. So remember that when this virus hit New York and New Jersey, we were blessed to get frontline workers from other parts of the country we can't necessarily expect that this time because everybody has the COVID uh, virus spreading in their communities now. The Midwest, meanwhile, has reported the most new cases in a single day since the pandemic began. And in the NFL today, a New York Jets player tested positive, forcing the team to send all their players and coaches home. And late today, a federal judge ruled against a group of Orthodox rabbis who filed a lawsuit against New York's COVID restrictions, stating that limiting gatherings inside houses of worship does not violate religious freedoms. Nora. Meg Oliver tonight. Thank you. A widely used medication for type 2 diabetes is being recalled over cancer concerns. One company that makes metformin hydrochloride extended release tablets says some batches of the drug could contain unacceptably high levels of a cancer-causing contaminant. The drug is sold under the brand name TimeCap Labs. We saw the lights go out on Broadway in March, and today producers said the curtains won't go up again before next June. That is a staggering loss for New York City. 15 million people attended Broadway shows last year. They spent nearly $2 billion on tickets. One of baseball's greatest pitchers has died. Whitey Ford won six, four, six World Series rings with the New York Yankees. He was a 10-time All-Star, earning himself the nickname the Chairman of the Board. Whitey Ford suffered from Alzheimer's disease. He was 91 years old. With the baseball playoffs heating up, CBS's Steve Hartman has a story that touches all the bases. Here's tonight's On the Road. There you go. A couple weeks ago, Brian Robinson and his son Carter were at this batting cage in Montgomery, Alabama, when a random stranger threw him a high hard one to the heart. There was this bucket of balls with a note. The note read, hope someone can use some of these baseballs. I pitched them to my son and grandson for countless rounds. The writer went on to say that his family is now grown and gone, but what he wouldn't give to pitch a couple of buckets to them. 
if you are a father, cherish these times. Brian and his wife Stormy read that note with tears in their eyes. It felt like it, it felt like a moment for us. It still does. It does. We need to soak in more of our kids and time with our kids. Just the message the author intended. I was just hoping it would inspire some people. Randy Long used to love watching and coaching his kids. So much so that when he came across that old bucket of balls in his garage, he couldn't bring himself to just throw away the memories. He says he needed closure. It was like a goodbye, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was a sign-off, <laughs> sign-off type thing. Uh, okay, uh, you know that chapter is gone. Oh, let's see what else. You know what else is coming on. But unbeknownst to Randy, his baseball days were headed into extra innings. You want a fist bump? This week, he met the Robinsons at a local park, where Randy learned about a void in Carter's life. The boy lost both his grandfathers at a very young age. They never saw him play. We'd love for you to come I was going to say, please let me know. All right. Randy said he'd definitely be at the next game and then asked Carter for a little catch. Right where I headed. You can see the smile on my face, Carter? <laughs> this is bringing back memories. Seems now Iowa isn't the only state Pop up. with a field of dreams. <laughs> it's what I've always wanted for him. I'm sure a lot of people across the country now are realizing that's not just a bucket of balls anymore. No, it's a fountain of youth and a binding force for generations. Steve Hartman, CBS News, on the road. How little small things can make such a big difference. Tonight, a CBS News special, Asian Americans Battling Bias, begins airing at 8 Eastern on CBSN. And Sunday on Face the Nation, Margaret Brennan's guests include Michigan's governor and the CEO of the drug company, Regeneron. If you can't watch the evening news live, set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. We'll see you right back here on Monday. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at paramountshop.com. These products are perfect for any fan of Evening News, and you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at ParamountShop.com.